Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. Welcome to the Weekend Foolish Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Tang. Joining me on this episode is my fellow podcaster, Hannah Lee Tang. Hi, everyone. In this episode, Hannah and I will be discussing the 2024 Academy Award nominations that were announced earlier this morning. Hannah, I think you and I would probably agree that uh, the Academy Awards are kind of like the Super Bowl of cinema, right? Yeah, totally. It's probably the most prestigious award you can earn as an artist in the film industry, maybe alongside the awards at the Cannes Film Festival. And if you're a movie fan, the Oscars are probably something that you look forward to all year. And with Oscar nominations, you know, for the most part, I think things are by the numbers and what you would expect. But every year, there's always surprises. There's always snubs. And sometimes there's movies or artists who get nominated that you weren't expecting, but you're glad that they got recognized. And that's what we're going to discuss in this episode. Okay, so we're going to start by just looking at just a bird's eye view of the nominations. Okay, so we have Oppenheimer leading with 13 nominations. And then Poor Things leading with 11 nominations. Killers of the Flower Moon with 10 Barbie with eight, Maestro with seven. Those are, are like top five most nominated movies uh, the, for uh, last year, for, for, for these years' Oscars, I should say. Uh, I think right off the bat, what was shocking to me was Past Lives. <laughs> it only got two nominations, a Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. And that was really disappointing to me because I love this film so much. And when a movie gets nominated for just two categories, uh, it has very little chance of you know winning the, at, in those categories. I think I don't know what do you what do you think about that? And did you also feel the same disappointment? Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I've been singing praises about past lives for a really long time. Um, you know, ever since I saw it, and I'm and this is not even because you know like I am Korean. I just think that the story in itself resonates with a lot of different people across a, lo a lot of different. Um, ethnic races, not necessarily just Koreans about, it's you know, a very universal uh, yes, story, very much so. And I think I had high hopes for it, but I uh, kind of understood kind of what the reality of award season would be like this year because of the big names, right? Like we knew Oppenheimer and Barbie, especially those two would specifically be um, hard to beat. But then as kind of like the year drew to a close last year, there were all these other films that kind of came up and they started gaining momentum, right? And I mean, let's be honest, I think part of kind of like the fun and the excitement of Oscars is, like you said, the surprises, the things that you don't expect. But it is, in reality, a race, right? Um, these movies campaign, the actors and actresses do as well. So momentum going into award season is a really big deal and i feel like this year is a little bit interesting because nominations just came out right this morning 5 30 a.m but the actual awards are in march right so because of you know the strikes like a lot of the award season has kind of been pushed um out and i feel like by that time in March, we'll already be kind of a little bit into 2024 and all these other movies will be out. And I think it'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see kind of 
what the prestige is kind of surrounding like this award season. Uh, I mean, the Oscar specifically, but I think a large thing is these movies needed to get nominated, like the big name ones that drew people to the theater, because otherwise, who's going to watch the award show come March? Right. So I think there's a part of that, too. Obviously, I have mixed feelings. And sorry, I totally went on a tangent from your initial question, which was about past lives. But I totally agree with you. Um, it's really unfortunate that the film itself got a good amount of snubs in different categories. Um, and I mean, we can talk about kind of like the best picture race and I can bring up um, why I think it got included in there. But yeah, it it's really kind of unfortunate for them. Yeah, the way that it got nominated, right? Just two nominations. I think it's just almost like the the best picture nomination that it received. It's almost like a participation trophy. Like, hey, you did a good job, that kind yeah. of thing. But it has no shot at winning. Uh, I really thought that it was going to ride this Asian wave in Hollywood, you know, with like <laughs> P Parasite and uh, in that one in 2020 and then everything all everywhere all at once last year. Right. So I thought that I thought the Asian wave was just going to continue to like get bigger and bigger. But um, I was like, oh, man, that's kind of a that's, that, that was a bummer to see. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. about. Oh, and OK, I mean, on the topic of just two nominations for past lives, it has the same number of nominations as the creator and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know it got nominated in more important, I guess, quote unquote, important categories, right? Uh, but still, the numbers—it's just like it's—it's kind of sad. Um, anyways, uh, but hey, uh, I think just looking at the number of nominations for Oppenheimer, though, what's really encouraging to me is that it seems like Christopher Nolan is uh, as a lock to win. A bunch of Oscars this year and he is someone in Hollywood I mean if you love movies you love Christopher Nolan like this guy is one of the greatest if not the greatest filmmaker in the 21st century starting with Memento like he started this century with Me Memento in 2000 and he's just pumping out banger after banger like on my letterbox my Christopher Nolan ranking list like my number nine Oppenheimer is like number nine on that list, but no, Oppenheimer is a movie that I gave like four and a half out of five stars. Like it's an excellent film, but the fact that it's number nine on my list, it just shows just how many um, masterpieces this guy has turned out over and over again. So I'm glad that they are recognizing him with all these nominations, but I really feel like this year is the year that he's going to win. Uh, I just, because he's just nominated for so many things. Like he's got to win one of these. It's not like Dunkirk uh, where, you know, he didn't, I don't think Dunkirk scored double, double digit uh, nominations, but you could, you could fact check me on that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, no, it, yeah. I agree. I mean, I feel like, you know, um, everyone pretty much in our film nerd chat, we're all Christopher Nolan stands. Um, but I think that at least from, my personal opinion, um, I don't necessarily, okay, and again, it's unfortunate to say that I have not watched Oppenheimer yet. It's because I need to watch his movies with subs, so I've been waiting, um, but I have watched enough of his movies where I feel like Oppenheimer has to surpass like a certain threshold for me to think it's like one of his, the best movies of his. So do you feel like, I agree with you that I think Christopher Nolan is probably a lock this year 
I think he's a lot for best director, but Oscars are kind of notorious for kind of rewarding directors that have kind of racked up a lot of different movies and have done really well. And they're like, not necessarily rewarding them for specifically that movie, but kind of like historically what they've done over time, like their body of work. And a lot of times it's very much overdue for them. So do you feel like that's the case with Christopher Nolan? Dude, a thousand percent. <laughs> I'm just shocked that he hasn't won yet. Like, yeah, I mean, like his movie, The Dark Knight is the one that caused the Academy to change their rules about how many movies get nominated for Best Picture. Yep. Right. If you remember from that year, 2008, 2009, uh, the reader got nominated for Best Picture over mm -hmm. The Dark Knight. Yeah. No one saw that movie. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think there was a huge outrage in Hollywood over that. And so, I mean, his I mean, so you got The Dark Knight. Right. And then you have uh, Interstellar, which I mean, at the time, it didn't have the warmest reception from critics and audiences. But over time, that movie's become like a cult classic almost. Uh, I mean, he did Dunkirk. Uh, he did, uh, in, obviously, Inception, right? So uh, he's he's been nominated several times. He's been recognized. Uh, but I, I think this is the time. I think he has a, a massive body of work now that, like, it, this guy can just do He does everything right. Like, Oppenheimer is a three-hour-long, half-black-and-white, like, dialogue-heavy movie. That's made a, almost a billion dollars. Like no one yeah. does that. No one. If this, if someone else made this movie, like I guarantee it wouldn't have made a billion dollars. It's because this guy's name is on it, and it's it's so obvious. Everyone showed up because it's a Christopher Nolan film. So yeah. you got to recognize this guy this year. I think that's why I feel like he's riding his own wave, right? And I yeah. think it's, it's it's his time now. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, you know, post pandemic, it's been a struggle for. Um, people to go back to theaters. Um, I mean, it's been a struggle for myself to even go back to theaters, but I think, you know, directors like Christopher Nolan, um, not only have they kind of kept the theaters alive, but look at who he had casted in his movie, like who he was able to cast, right? I think that's huge. Okay, I, I know you haven't seen it yet, but um, this is not a huge spoiler, but there are actors who show up in this movie. I'm not gonna say who, but these are like well-known actors and they show up for like two minutes. <laughs> like yeah. any they just they're clawing their way into a Christopher <laughs> yeah. Nolan movie. Uh, uh yeah. Rami Malik, I mean you, you know that Rami Malik is in the movie. He's yeah. he's in the cast list, right? Uh Academy Award winner Rami Malik, <laughs> he shows up to get his clipboard knocked off his hands by by Killian Murphy. It happens like two times in the movie and I'm like the the heck he shows up and then that's all he does. Uh, he obviously has a scene later on where he talks finally. But I'm just like, it's just funny to me that like, yeah, Oscar winners are trying to get into this movie just just for like a very, very small minor role. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I've waited this long to watch it, which means that a lot of it has pulled for me. So um, I totally understand. But yeah, that really just kind of speaks to Christopher Nolan's talent, like his vision and just kind of who he is, you know, as a director and having all of these like great actors clamoring to like work with him. Um, I mean, he's only what early fifties, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at Martin Scorsese, who's like 81 or something. Right. So, and he's still made like a crazy movie with killers of the flower moon. So, Hey, are we looking at another like 30 years 
more of like Christopher Nolan films. I mean, if that's the case, then bring it on. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we need to preserve this man's life. Like he has to be eating like the healthiest food and he has to get like the greatest health care that possible. I totally agree. Yeah, I'm sure we'll all pay for his like if he gets cancer, we'll pay for his cancer treatment. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's talk about snubs. I mean, I already mentioned past lives. That was a shocker. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio for best actor, he did not get nominated. Very shocking because yeah. I thought his performance is awesome. Yeah, I actually just watched Killers of the Flower Moon and it was three and a half hours long, right? Or a little over three hours, I think. Yeah. It, it was, was yeah. amazing. And it did not, like I started to kind of feel kind of like the time towards the end. But man, the first couple hours, like two and a half hours, it went by like it was nothing. It was honestly a masterpiece um and that's nuts because you watch it at home yeah exactly i kept thinking what if it, i had watched this in the theater um and i kept imagining what that would have been like but wow well, let I, me tell you in the theater i was trying to not go to the bathroom and <laughs> I, so so it kept me awake and, and focused but also yeah. yeah i was fighting for my my life yeah no definitely i feel like you know leo i mean he's always amazing right but i felt like in this movie particularly um he was great with his fake teeth and you know like yeah. <laughs> obviously like leo does not rely on his looks anymore for um his roles and he's really kind of developed into this like amazing actor that everyone has respect for but yeah it's just kind of unfortunate that he um really got snubbed this category i was pretty shocked because there were a couple of surprises i think in the best actor category yeah, why don't we take turns, uh, you know, saying uh, like some of our biggest snubs. So I said Leonardo DiCaprio, best actor. Uh, what, what were some of your snubs? Give me, we can, we can alternate. Um, in any category? Yeah, anything. Okay, well, I was pretty surprised that Margot Robbie got snubbed in best actress. Oh, yeah, that's a big one, too. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair, like. Margot is beautiful, but I really, and I have seen her in a lot of other movies too, but I really felt like she carried Barbie, you know, like just her kind of like emotional acting and just how she carried it. Like she carried the entire film. You know, if Barbie's going to get nominated for best picture and Ryan Gosling is going to get nominated for best supporting actor, like she definitely deserved to get nominated for best actress. I will say this, Ryan Gosling to me, the standout in that movie was Ryan Gosling. And I, I was actually shocked that he got nominated because it's such a stupid character and a stupid role. But, uh, you know, he made you laugh. And he's a very underrated comedic actor. So I was very surprised and happy that he got nominated. But yeah, uh, Margot Robbie, that, that was a shocker that she wasn't at least recognized, you know, with a nomination. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. I'm not trying to, like, downplay ryan's uh nomination i mean we watched barbie in the theater together right and um ryan was so good in there like i totally think he deserves it but it's just really weird to me that they would snub Margot but nominate him like it doesn't seem consistent at all well i think the most inconsistent is i mean ryan gosling like I think if he gets nominated right margot robbie should be nominated alongside him but instead who gets nominated for Best supporting actress is uh is America Ferrera. That was a, a a massive shocker. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say 
too much because there's already enough controversy um, on the web. I why don't think you tell? Why don't you tell us the uh, controversy? Because I'm I'm not fill fill me in because I'm not familiar. <laughs> Okay, so um, after the nominations were released this morning, I mean, obviously, people were up in arms about Greta not being nominated for Best Directing and for Margot not being nominated um, as Best Actress, but Ryan and, like you said, specifically America for being nominated for Actress in a Supporting Role. But um, I think there are just kind of like historical nuances that need to be taken into consideration, like Best Actress in a Supporting Role historically has always been very, very diverse. So a part of me was not very surprised with kind of like who they nominated across the board in this category. But I think people were shocked that America was nominated and Margo wasn't. So that's the issue. I don't necessarily think people would have an issue with America being nominated if Margo also had been. Okay, so let's establish that and get that straight. But the second piece is there are people that are up in arms about America being nominated. And then there's the other side where they're like, well, you don't support women and you don't support <laughs> women that deliver like the big speeches. So, of course, America for her should be nominated. But hey, we're talking about like acting, right? That speech was a very, very small part of Barbie the movie. And I know a lot of people like to say like, oh, that is like really the point of the entire movie. And that's like was like the turning point. And that's why Greta made it. I don't agree with that. I think you really have to look at the narrative in its entirety. And yes, like America's speech was very good. And it was like the peak and at the pinnacle of the movie, maybe. But I just I don't know. I just felt like it was really odd to have her nominated in this category for this movie in particular and again i'm not downplaying like america Ferrera's acting skills or anything like that i just thought that it was just a very odd choice yeah definitely i think uh yeah i i, I just i barely remember her character other than that the monologue that she gives mm -hmm. uh, and even the monologue itself was it's it's it was very on the nose in my opinion Yes, I agree. Um, so, yeah. So to me, like it wasn't the best representation of her acting because I just felt like she was kind of just directly talking to the audience. Mm -hmm. Another snub for me that I was shocked by was Killers of the Flower Moon for adapted screenplay. Mm. Um, they, I know they took a lot of liberties with the original story. This is just, uh, I, I don't get it because it's not really for best picture, best director, best actress. Like, I thought it was a shoe-in for adapted screenplay. Mm. And, you know, it's a three and a half hour movie. So it, it's a it's a big task to adapt this for the screen. And they actually changed the perspective of the story. So I think that's, I wonder if that's what cost it, actually. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. So adapted screenplay, you know, we're looking at the five nominees. Um, which one do you think kicked off Kills of the Fire Moon? I'm thinking so American fiction is not a movie that has been on my radar. I have seen, you know, chatter about it online. I know it got nominated for a few things, but I, I, I yeah. So I, I, th I thought maybe that movie was kicked off or even, Oh, Barbie. Barbie was like a considered an, an adapted screenplay, mm -hmm. not an original screenplay because I guess it's based on an IP. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was kind of surprising. Uh, possibly zone of interest as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, a foreign film, non-English film. So that could be a possible movie that kicked it off.
Yeah, my thought was actually around Zone of Interest. So I know you watched it recently. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, I it's doing like a limited showing right now. I think it's wide release because it's showing in Irvine. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, limited would just be only like New York and LA. And then why do like Orange County would start getting it? Okay. Yeah. So you watched it in Irvine. So this movie just came out. Yeah. It came out this past weekend. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting because I actually see Zone of Interest with five nominations and it really kind of edged its way into the Oscar race this year, right? Like, I kind of wonder if Zone of Interest wasn't in play because obviously it's working with like controversial material, kind of, um, if we wouldn't have some of these snubs. Yeah, I think it's, I, I did see a lot of like critical love for this film and mm -hmm. it was uh, nominated for some of the awards leading up to the Oscar nominations. So I guess it wasn't as big of a surprise when I saw it, but I guess when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere for adapted screenplay, like best picture, best director. Like that was something that I was like expecting. Um, it didn't. Oh yeah. It got nominated for best director. Yeah. So, so uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, just sucks that killers of the flower moon didn't get nominated. Uh, for the screenplay or best actor and Paul Shu, our fellow podcaster he thinks Scorsese is going to win best director now my thinking is that these two snubs best actor and best adapt adapted screenplay it really makes me think Scorsese is not going to win best director Same. yeah yeah Same. unfortunately it doesn't bode well for the film like or for Martin I, I think right. like it would be very shocking if he won right yeah. yeah. Whereas I think for Best Actress, I think Lily Gladstone, you'd be a fool not to put her on your your Oscar ballot. You know, yeah. I think she's a she's a lock to win. And I I think because Killers of the Flower Moon was snubbed in these categories, I think that just makes me think Christopher Nolan's a lock to to win. Yeah, I he's I he's too big of a name. His movie did too well. It's a great, excellent film. Mm -hmm. I think it's the kind of film that the Oscars would nominate and and recognize. So I I just feel like I feel it for our boy Nolan. You know, I feel it. I feel like this is really his year. No, I agree with that too. Um, let's see. Another snub. Yeah, your turn. That I yeah. have. Um, Charles Melton. You know, um, people that listen to this pod are really gonna think I'm just, you know, pro Korean. That's really not what it is. I actually did watch Come on. May Come December. On, Come on. Charles Melton is half Korean, if you if for any listeners that don't know. Um, but you know, he was, I hated that movie. I think Mike, you and I both kind of gave it what two stars or something. Yeah, I think I, I just don't think that movie, all of us in our film nerds group chat, we're like WTF. What is this? Movie? <laughs> like, why is, why do so many people like this movie? Except for Albert. I think, I think Albert enjoyed it and he likes kind of like the campiness of it. Yeah. I, I mean, it didn't, it didn't really click with us. Yeah, definitely not. I think we all agree. We all agree Charles Milton was the highlight of that movie. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't. Okay. So, so I know you said this is a snub, but I actually wasn't expecting him to get nominated because like it's his like first big film and uh, I guess prestige film. I don't even know if you can call it a prestige film. Yeah, but... no, I think that's fair. I think it was just because of kind of the momentum that had built up 
and he had gotten nominated for other um on the award circuit i thought it was quite possible um i mean may december got snubbed in pretty much a majority of the categories correct um i don't even think that it got no, it got snubbed in a lot. So I'm uh, actually very happy because yes. I can't stand that movie. <laughs> I was actually Dang. relieved. I'm like, thank God they're not recognizing that movie. <laughs> okay, it got original screenplay. I think that's probably the, I think that's the only nomination it may have gotten. Um, which obviously, you know, it's foreboding that it wouldn't get um, the best actor nomination as well. But if you look at the best actor category, Mike, do you not feel like this is a race between Paul Giamatti and Chilia Murphy at this point? Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, I'm sorry, everyone else that's in this category, like I don't, that's why I think Charles Melton could have been swapped out for maybe potentially any of these other ones. For best, for best actor? Yeah, in a leading role. Uh, I think he's, he's, He's not in a leading role, though. That's not a supporting role. Oh, a supporting role. I'm sorry. He was in. He would have been under the supporting role category. Yeah. Which is uh, actually support... pretty rough, too. Supporting. I think it's a shoe in for Robert Downey. Yeah. I mean, I think RDJ is probably going to get it. Um, But everyone else is kind of along the same lines, I think. I mean, I'm happy that Sterling K. Brown was nominated. He's a great actor. But I also think he plays very similar characters in a lot of the things that he's in. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen The Holdovers, that's a film that a lot of us loved on this podcast. And Paul Giamatti is incredible in that movie. So uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I would not be upset if Killian Murphy did not win for Oppenheimer. If Paul Giamatti won, I would be so happy as well. Um, I think he's very deserving of it. Yeah, same. I feel the same way. Okay. How about Mr. Tryhard, uh, Bradley Cooper? <laughs> That's literally the person I was thinking of when I was like, mm, maybe someone else could have been. In, okay, um, so I I haven't seen my I haven't seen Maestro yet, but I have seen clips, and I'm like, all right, you know what? This guy is trying really hard. Like he he looks like really good. Like I remember when I was a kid, and then I would watch like Oscar, the, like the Oscars, and they would show clips from all these prestige films that I I've never heard of. Like I was always in awe of these actors who look very raw in the role or they kind of transform their look for yeah. this role. And so I think when I saw clips of Bradley Cooper in Maestro, I was like, okay, I this looks like one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, dude, this guy, <laughs> he's really, really trying hard to to win this Oscar <laughs> or, or to get recognized. I mean, um, uh, he, he spent six years learning how to conduct an orchestra for like a six minute scene or something in Maestro. Have you seen Maestro yet? I actually watched half of it and then I didn't finish the rest of it. So that tells you oh something. Oh my gosh, really? So what yeah. didn't you like about it? Um, the pacing kind of changed in the second half of the movie, I think. I don't know if you've heard any like um, critical kind of reviews on it, but I just wasn't really kind of like a fan. And I just kind okay. of lost interest. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I give him props for, you know, taking that whole like kind of like method acting route, I guess. <laughs> But um, like we said, unfortunately, Bradley Cooper is known as like the tryhard in the industry. You know, um, I don't know if you watched um, A Star is Born with him. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Um, and that was, I feel like, when Bradley like really started to kind of climb in terms of just kind of being recognized as 
a actor, like a true like actor, right? Versus like I think prior to that he was mostly in I don't know action movies or or he played Hangover. like mm -hmm, yeah he played in like like those like typecasted characters. Um, so I really think he's trying to kind of build himself out in Hollywood, but um, I don't know. I still think he kind of has a ways to go, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of these days he'll he'll get it. He just needs to go even further. He needs to like gain a lot of weight or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. All right. Another snub for me was Celine Song for Best Director. Um, I thought she deserved it. I thought, I don't know. Like I'm looking at the nominees for Best Directing, and I it's hard to argue against who they nominated. They're all very deserving of that. But I think in the I'm assuming that one of these uh, people who are nominated, they kind of edged out Greta Gerwig. And then I think Celine, Celine Song would have been next. So a lot of great female directors this year. I mean, Celine Song, amazing. This is her first film, her first feature-length film. And uh, she had a banger. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was a surprise for me. Uh, another, I, Now that we're on the topic of directing, uh, Alexander Payne for The Hangover, uh, sorry, The Holdovers. <laughs> <laughs> the hangovers Yeah. the, the holdovers right uh, that was shocking for me as well because um i mean there's just too many good films and good directors this year so uh, Yeah. i i i think all the people who are nominated i'm like i don't have any problems with that it's just it's yeah it's just a shame that greta celine alexander Payne didn't get uh, a chance to be nominated Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of controversy when uh, the nominees for this category were announced because, you know, obviously, like, just kind of like the outrage that people like to have um, kind of on the internet. Um, they were basically saying that, like, you know, um, female directors never get nominated and there could have been more female directors in this category. But again, come on, there's what, five nominees, right? Like, it's in a year, I feel like that we had pretty good films. Um, I feel like it would, it was difficult to narrow this down to five. And yeah, like you said, looking at this list, like, Who could we actually bump off? And that's why I was saying, like, it's pretty crazy that Zone of Interest really got in kind of like when it did, because, man, it got a lot of nominations for how long it's been around. And again, like you said, it had some momentum going into kind of the different awards prior to um, the Oscars. But yeah, I kind of wonder what it would be like if Zone of Interest came out later and didn't qualify for you know, the Oscar period this Yeah, year right. or for, yeah. And then it came out like next year, you know, maybe zone of interest could have even won more awards if it came out next year or this year and qualify Yeah. for the next Oscars. I uh, highly recommend you check it out because uh, it's very. It's when you see it, you're like, this is a this is a masterpiece, and yeah, it should it should be nominated for all this. I think it did. Uh, I need to look up like which categories other than the ones that we mentioned, but. Well, we'll get come back to that. Uh, what's another major snub, or or should we move on to something else? I have one more snub, I think. Okay, I have one more snub too. All right, Oh, what, you what's do? your snub? Okay. Um, music. But I guess this is not really kind of like a snub snub, but um, I think it was original song was pretty competitive this year. I mean, going into it, I think the three songs from Barbie were all um, nominated across the board in the award circuit. 
Um, but I was pretty surprised that Dua Lipa's song was snubbed. But you know what was also snubbed? Jack Black's Peaches song. Why they snubbed I that know. one? <laughs> that one. If you really want people, young people, to watch your show, you got to nominate that song. Yeah. So it was. It's interesting because um, I did not think that the fire inside from Flaming Hot. I actually don't even know what that is. Um, would get nominated and yeah, American Symphony. Do you know what that is? Yes, um, the John Patiste like documentary, dude. I'm actually really happy for him that he got nominated in this category. Um, and they're gonna perform at the Oscar. Oh, okay, it's gonna be amazing. If you have a chance to watch it on Netflix, you should. Um, he's amazingly talented. But what, what is this movie? So, what is the documentary about? Uh, it's just about him and his journey, and he's like a a conductor, and he does music, and you just gotta watch it. It's pretty like okay. please please forgive me, but uh, who is John Batiste? <laughs> he is like I don't know how to describe him. He's just like well-rounded, like musician slash conductor, I guess. Like he's done like everything. He's a composer, he's a TV personality. Like I don't okay. really know how to describe him. He's just kind of a multi-talented person, but it kind of follows like the up and down um of his career. For for those listening, uh, Hannah comes from the music world, so that's how she knows so much about music. <laughs> Excellent singer. If you ever get a chance, we'll have you. Hey, we should have you sing the uh, the opening song for the Week in Foolish movie podcast. Oh, my gosh. oh anyway, yes. Oh my gosh, that'd be and, you know, terrible. Job, Job sings too. You and Job should should do something. Oh, jeez. Oh my Ideas. gosh. So, anyways, back to John Batiste. I mean, he. In a nutshell, let me just say he's like a jazz pianist. He graduated from Juilliard. Um, he's like a musical genius, basically. So to get to have the recogni recognition that he's getting now, um, I think is pretty crazy. Um, I'm really happy for him. So even though I saw that, you know, Joe Lipa song got a snub, and I I was only really sad about the snub because it's just a great song. So it would have been like fun to have it performed um, on the Oscar stage. But um, and then I'm just Ken got nominated, but that one didn't. So I thought that was also weird, but it's fine. Both are Mark Ronson. So I think I'm what do you think is going to win in that category? Actually, don't tell oh. don't tell us because because uh, uh, we oh, yeah. our Oscar ballots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, Don't try to get answers for me. I'm the two time. <laughs> <winner>. <laughs> All right. Going going back to Zone of Interest, uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best International Film. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Sound. Okay, and I actually, I'm really glad it got nominated for that category because sound is really, really crucial in this movie. Um, you'll see what I mean when you see it. So yeah, uh, so I think it, it might, might be or should have been nominated for like production design or something, uh, maybe costuming. But I, th I think it got the nominations that it deserved. All right, one more sub for me is The Taste of Things for Best International Feature. This is uh, France. And funny story behind The Taste of Things. Um, under Best Picture, one of the nominees is Anatomy of a Fall. This is a French film okay, from France. And it was nominated in quite a few ca categories. It was nominated for Best Directing, Justine Triet. Uh, Best Actress, Sandra Huller. All right, so... Uh, and best original screenplay, right? 
this is from France, but France did not submit that film for the Oscar. They submitted The Taste of Things. And I think this caused a lot of controversy because the filmmaker, Justine Triet, she was like, dude, my movie's better. My movie's better than The Taste of Things. She like straight up said that. And <laughs> and look what happened, France. Like you should have you should have picked that movie. So Anatomy of Fall is what won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. So I, I, like I said in the beginning, right, uh, in the movie world, in the film industry, I think the two most uh, prestigious awards is uh, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, and the Cannes Film Festival. So and Anatomy of Fall won at the Cannes Film Festival. They typically honor the more prestige films, the, the art house indie type films, right? And so Anatomy of Fall won there. So I, I just, I didn't understand France's decision for, to not submit that movie for the Oscars. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Anatomy of the Fall was great. I actually just finished it last night. Yeah, I think Zone of Interest is a lock to win that category. But that's just my opinion. You know, it doesn't mean that's going to happen that way. Yeah. All right. Any other surprises or glad they got nominated or glad they didn't get nominated? We talked about May, December, how we were glad that it got snubbed. <laughs> it, it, Anything else that you can think of? Um, no, I mean, other than that, I feel like, you know, there are years when I think we talk about the Oscar nominations and we're like, okay, the race, this race is like wide open, you know, but um, I feel like a lot of these categories, like there's maybe a lock, there could potentially be a lock on two, but one is like pretty ahead. Um, like we think it's like pretty locked in. So I think that it's going to be a pretty straightforward um, broadcast with the winners. But I mean, honestly, you never know. You never know what could, ha what could happen. Yeah. Upsets happen. Indeed. I mean, we've seen that over the years. So, I mean, that's kind of part of like the excitement as well. But I do feel like this year, I, there's, I feel like there's going to be the least number of upsets. Yeah. Do you feel, okay. Uh, you feel like Christopher Nolan's a lock for a lot of these? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. You know, other people in, in, on on our podcast uh, don't <laughs> seem to agree. Uh, one more shout out. Okay, Godzilla minus one is nominated for best <laughs> visual effects. I have to. I have to say that because I'm like so happy. That was an excellent film. Excellent film. And what's shocking is the budget was 15 million. Okay. 15 million and it looked great. So Hollywood, take note. It's possible to have great visual effects. The creator also was nominated. So these are the creators 80 million, Godzilla minus one, 15 million. You don't need a 200 million dollar budget. You just need a good story with really good characters. And Godzilla minus one had that. Hey, right, tell so. that to uh Sofia Coppola. That article that you sent us in the film. I didn't send that article. I think it was someone else. <laughs> no, but someone uh else. But it, it was about Apple TV, right? Canceling her show. Yeah, and it was just too much money for them to produce her five-episode show. And she was basically, she felt uh, spurned and she was complaining. But yeah. yeah trillion-dollar company can't shell out <laughs> money for a Sofia Coppola show. Uh, I don't know. We we don't know what actually happened behind the scenes. But yeah, That's I mean. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like you said, you, you they made a good movie with, you said, 15 million? Yeah. I mean, some some people, some people like the the critics are like, 
well, you know, Japan has different labor laws. So they, they have like <laughs> human human rights abuses, <laughs> people working like overtime on the visual effects. Oh my gosh. And then they don't pay them, you know, so that that's how they made it work. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the truth behind the story, but you know, that that's just what some people say. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope uh you we hope you enjoyed listening to this uh Oscar nominations reaction. Uh, uh, on the Weekend Foolish Movie Podcast. Please continue to join us. We're going to be talking more Oscars uh, as we lead up to the actual ceremony in uh, late March. See you next time. Bye, everyone. We're not done yet. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. I'm sure you are! Blow that piece of junk out of the sky!